there's reason to be optimistic for this offense. And Danny Woodhead, we've mentioned it a million times, you could see in the very first drive of the season what he was going to bring. The passing game, come on! Why are you yelling? The passing game makes me want to tear my hair out. It's going to make me go bald. I think once this guy gets that weight off his shoulders, makes one big play, I think he could be something. Welcome into the lounge for the buy edition. But you know what? We never take any time off. Well, we'll take no days off. Hashtag no days, no days off. Well, we'll take a couple days off at the end of this week. Yeah, but, but that's know. neither here nor there. <laughs> the content continues to just to be churned out. That's right. And the podcast never stops. There's no break. No break for the podcast. So it's going to be a good one. We're not bringing on a guest for this episode uh, because we want to kind of break things down. Where the Ravens stand right now. What, what things in the future are going to happen. We're going to predict it all. We're going to predict exactly what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, because if you go back to our predictions from the beginning of the season, Dead it's spot on. Dead on. Mostly mine. <laughs> what were some of your worst predictions? You, you've had some bad ones. Well, the, the, all-time, the, all-time, <laughs> the all-time bad one, and I'll, you know, I'll admit on this one, was last year, actually, what? going into the season... Push all the chips in the center. Wait, well, 2015. 2015. That was 2015. 2015. <laughs> I said, I'm pushing all my chips in on the center of the table. Ravens, you know, Super Bowl or bust. And they went 5 and 11. <laughs> that was a great one. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, coming off a tough loss down in Tennessee. Uh, so we want to hear from a level headed person when we read an email here. And that's what we got from Neil. Okay. Neil emailed us and said, no ranting. It was a good start to his email. Okay. So we're like, all right, we'll read this one. Yeah. You know, it's just not going off the deep end here. Mm-hmm. Neil says, I'll make this one quick. One, I see Joe is back to passes less than 10 yards with what, 35, 40 attempts. Terrible. Terrible Perryman. Wallace and Watson are the only good thing. I think he probably meant Macklin. I mean, Macklin had a big game bigger yeah. than Wallace. But anyway. Uh, second, Neil says, can we make it to a 10-6 and six season? Five losses before the bye week scares the living crap out of me. He says, here's hoping things change. I'm still in for the Lions game, but it's going to suck if it's just a game to add to a losing season. See you in, no, in December, Neil. Well, we will see you in December, Neil. Yeah. Yes, and, uh, and we're going to get into the, whether the Ravens can make it to 10-6. and six. We're going to break that down here in a minute, but let's keep the good, the good vibes rolling okay. here, okay? Because I want to re- read a review from iTunes. Ooh. We haven't read one of these in a little while, mostly because we stopped asking for them. Yeah. So this is also a plug. Send us those reviews on iTunes. When things are dark around here, when we need to pick me up, we go to iTunes and read about how great we are, and, and it really kind of helps it, boost our morale. It's an opportunity to pad the ego. Yeah, for sure. So this one comes from a renegade. Is that your... Three R's. Was that your... Oh, three R's. I thought that was your Chris Berman Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> no, this one's from Renegade. And Renegade says, when it comes to Ravens news and opinions, I highly recommend you download and listen to this podcast. Ryan and Garrett bring us great insight, comedy, and enjoyable podcasts to listen to. These guys bring in guests frequently, which allows us to learn all about that player. Some of the guests include Benjamin Watson, Joe Flacco, Eric DaCosta, Jeremy Macklin, and many more. I love this podcast. Wow. Yeah. So thank you to uh, Ryan's uh, best friend, Renegade. Ryan and Renegade. (laughs) Best friends forever. And and a little plug, we're going to have Jimmy Smith on the podcast for next week. Uh, So that should be another great guest. Uh, But with that, Garrett, let's get into kind of where the Ravens stand right now. Uh, is it doomsday? Do you see a little light at the end of the tunnel? 
kind of where, how do you size things up right now? Well, yeah, I mean, it's difficult. Um, like right now, the Ravens are not at all where they want to be. And I think that there's games that they've, they've lost games that are incredibly winnable games. The game in Tennessee on Sunday was a winnable game. Yep. I mean, the Titans, that, that game was there for the taking. The Bears game was there for the taking. So yep. those are the two that really stand out. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say the London game. Yeah, that wasn't really like a winnable <laughs> game. Uh, the Steelers are a tough game, and they, they won that one going away. So, yeah. But those two in particular are, are really winnable games that the Ravens let slip out of their fingers. Um, and, you know, this is a team that I think is a – they're kind of a middle-of-the-road team. Mm-hmm. And where they are right now is probably where that they should be. Now, I, I think those games are winnable, but I think that this – for the most part, this is a 500 team. Now, right. You're you not going to win every winnable game. Right, and you can you can get to maybe a nine and seven. We'll talk about how the playoff picture shakes out and all that. But I think that this team probably at best in the regular season is ten and six, um, and they're probably more likely like a nine and seven team. Mm-hmm. And then you got to maybe get some help, and you need to look at some things that you need to get a tiebreaker, those, those kinds of things. But like the offense, just you know, we're 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 nine games in. Yeah, it's not you know a slow start to the season. <laughs> right. More than ha- more than half of the regular season is done. Is the offense really hasn't found itself consistently? They've had flashes and they had the. Well, the, don't get ahead of yourself. We're going to get into three things that make us want to rip know, our hair I out, know. and it seems like you're already starting to pull at the plug. I know, there. but it's been that kind of season. I think that's what has been so frustrating about this team. I think when Ravens fans watch these games and they're and everyone is is you can feel like the frustration of Baltimore the tension. Yeah. I think that the reason is is because you see a game, you see the Miami game, you see a forty to nothing win, and then all of a sudden you start getting excited. You're like, all right, go ahead, beat the Titans. Go into the bye, feeling good, feel healthy. All of a sudden, you're like, all right, all right, 12 4. That's possible. That's possible. You know, like, I don't know that many people were saying that. I, I know, but <laughs> people start to get a little ahead, ahead yeah. of themselves. You were yeah. doing the same thing after the Oakland game. Yeah, well, there's no doubt that the game in Tennessee was a big one. Uh, so if the Ravens had beaten the Titans, right now they'd have the sixth spot in the playoffs. I mean, that's the old hypothetical. If yeah. the season ended today, which it doesn't. Right. But I would say if, it's so dumb. If, 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 yeah, it is pretty dumb. <laughs> but anyway, if, if that would happen, you'd be feeling pretty good because right now the Ravens would be in position to make it in the playoffs, right? Uh, but sitting at four and five, the Ravens are one of four teams at four and four or four and five. They're on the outside looking in. The two teams right now, the two wildcard teams, would be the Bills at five and three and the Titans. At five and three, you just beat the Ravens, so they have a they have a tiebreaker in a head-to-head scenario. So let's let's look at this a little bit and look at who's ahead for the Bills and the Titans. All right, can the Ravens catch those two teams? I think is the question. Okay, the Bills, they got the Saints next. Saints yeah. Saints are pretty hot right now. Yeah. Okay, they're at the Chargers, at the Chiefs, not an easy game. Versus the Patriots, versus the Colts, versus the Dolphins, at the Patriots at the Dolphins. So they have two games against the Dolphins, who aren't a bad team, and they have the Patriots twice left on the schedule. Plus the Chiefs. Plus the and Chiefs. The, and the Saints. And the Saints. Bill's, Bill's got a tough one down the stretch here, okay? Titans versus Cincy at Pittsburgh, at Indy, versus Houston, at Arizona, at San Francisco, versus Rams, versus Jacksonville. Okay, so that Pittsburgh game on the road ain't going to be easy. Neither is Arizona on the road. The Rams, Cincy, Jacksonville... None of those are easy games. Really, I think the Ravens want Jacksonville to run away with that division, probably. They're currently in first place in the AFC South. You want them to keep beating teams like the Titans and, and the Texans and all that. Yeah, we're at the point now when you're watching games, you just start thinking about all the teams that are in the wild card race. Yep. Like when you're watching the games, just, just lose. You know, like 
everyone always I, wants I do to, that from week one. I, I honestly do too, but it kind of feels weird. You're watching the Patriots, and it's like the second week of the season, and you're like, come on, Patriots, come on, here we go. Because <laughs> right, right. they're playing the Bills or something right, exactly. like that. But that's really where you are, particularly right now. I mean, you want the Patriots to win the rest of their games. Right, exactly. That's what you're hoping for. Exactly. And, and then you look at the Ravens' remaining schedule, and here's here's what I've, I was saying this to our PR guy, Patrick Gleason, as we're walking from the plane to our cars after the Titans game, right? And and he and I were talking before the game started, and we're, we were saying, you know, is this Titans game going to be a make-or-break game for the Ravens' season? Is this one going to either send you into the playoffs, or is it going to be, you know, this one's going to cost you a spot? And we lost, obviously, so we're not feeling too good about where we sit. But I said this to him while I was walking to our car. All right, here's the scenario for the Ravens to get in the playoffs. You win out at home. If you can take care of business at home, which the Ravens have played very well at home, Outside, obviously the Steelers game, they, they won that, and the Bears game was a bad one. Yeah. But you're looking at the Dolphins, that was a pretty impressive game. Bengals, that was a pretty impressive game. And I always expect us to play pretty well at home, particularly on defense. So if you can take care of your business at home, that means beating the, the uh, Lions at home. Texans. The Texans at home. Texans without Deshaun Watson. Colts. Colts at home. And the Bengals at home. Yep. That's four very winnable games. The Lions are not going to be anything to sneeze at, but you should be able to win those games. The Lions' strength is their passing attack. That's our strength as well. I mean, so hopefully we can negate that. I think you have a pretty good chance to get to the Lions. If you're a playoff team, at some point you have to beat good teams. Exactly. That's just what the nature of it is, and you particularly have to beat good teams at home. Exactly. So we were talking about the Ravens potentially being in the playoffs. You've got to beat some good teams, and that would include the Lions at home exactly. in that kind of game. That's a game you got to win. Exactly. So if... The Ravens can win out at home. That's four more wins. That gives you eight. I think nine might get you in. Ten definitely gets you in this year. Okay, so that means you get got to get one or two road victories. You're playing in Cleveland still. Okay, if you're the winless Browns, you got to beat the winless Browns, even though they're a tough team always, and it's on the on the road. You got to win that game if you're going to get to the playoffs. It goes back okay? to what I'm just saying. Exactly. <laughs> so there's one that you should have. Okay, now you got to get one out of Green Bay who. Is lost three straight games since Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. Not looking particularly strong right now. I think you can you can get a win in Green Bay. Steal one on the road. Then you have a game in... Well, you got Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, that's going to be tough. That's, that's a, a tough, tough one. one. You, that's it's tough hard one. to say. You start to look at that game and say, like, should win that one. That's a tough one. Now, look, now that said... That said, you know, when you always look at the schedule, you always say, split with Pittsburgh. That's generally what you exactly. say. So, we got a win coming. <laughs> yeah, right. You lost one early, now you got one coming. But, I mean, I, look, I do think that it, if you're, if the Ravens are not going to be favored in that game, obviously, against right. Pittsburgh, but we... I mean, Ra- it's a division rival. You never know what the hell can happen. And the Ravens have played Pittsburgh incredibly tough o- yep. over the years. They've won games in Pittsburgh that everyone said that they weren't going to win. I mean, the, the 2014 playoff game is, is what immediately comes to mind. Yep. So they've won that type of game exactly. in that environment before. Right. And then the third one is at Browns, which we already talked about. And here's my thing with the Ravens. And I know people are might, you know, roll their eyes and saying, well, if you win all four at home and if you do this after the Ravens have lost, what, four out of the last five or whatever it is, it's tough to start predicting four wins at home. But here's the thing. This team is it's, it's so week to week. It's so unpredictable. I don't know that you can really look back and say, all right, this is where the Ravens have struggled and they're just going to continue struggling. Other than offense, they've got to get that fixed. They haven't really shown much mm-hmm. offense to date. But I, I just think that like they could turn it on. At the snap of a finger, you know, I just I think that this team 
Every game, it could be something different. You could look like the Dolphins against the Dolphins one week, or you could look like the team that played the Bears. So There hasn't been much middle ground with this team this year. No, they're the most unpredictable, predictable team of all time. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unreal. So you just, you never know. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at it, and I, I just, you hope that, and here's, here's where the, the optimism is, is that you hope that the guys get back can, yeah. can change some things. All right, so let's, let's roll right into, we're going to do three things that make us want to rip our hair out. Okay, you're already starting to thin up there, so yeah, you, right. you better be careful. I've got a full you head better, of hair you better, right here. You better be careful. Don't tug too hard, buddy. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm strong. <laughs> Look at that. There's not even a, a, a shroud of a hair missing. Yeah, you're right. You're pretty strong back there. <laughs> you're pretty good. All right, and then three things that give us hope, okay? Three things that are going to put the hair back on our head. Yeah. Okay? So, I'll start the first one. This one's an obvious one. The passing game! Come on! <laughs> Why are you yelling? The passing game makes me want to tear my hair out. It's going to make me go bald. Specifically, the deep passing game, okay? So this this is driving me nuts. Because when we looked at it at the start of the season, okay, we all knew that the Ravens were going to run the ball. And I think that we thought they were going to run it pretty well, okay? You thought coming off of that, you'd have some play action and some deep passes to go along with it. That was the formula for the offense. You had speed at wide receiver. You had Mike Wallace. You got Brashad Perryman, who might be the fastest receiver in the league. And you added Jerry Macklin, who's a big play threat. So it looked like it was going to be ground and pound with big play offense. But half of that equation is missing. Mm -hmm. And I can't explain exactly why the deep passing game hasn't worked out. One reason is Brashad just ain't making the plays. They've taken some shots. The tougher one for me to explain is Mike Wallace hasn't made as many big plays as last year. He has been dealing with a back injury. Obviously, he had the concussion that sent him out for a game. Maybe that back has been bothering him recently. I don't know. That one's tough for me to put the finger on. Yeah, I don't necessarily put, uh, really attribute that as the reason. I mean, it's not like he suffered this back injury or whatever week that was. I forget exactly what week it was. And before that, he was lighting it up on the right. deep passing game. No, he, just, yeah, he hasn't been. Outside of the Oakland game, the passing game, the deep passing game with him hasn't yeah. been there. So yeah. I just think, I, I think that you kind of go through the chunks of the season. I think early in the season, the offensive line was really struggling to kind of find itself. I think mm-hmm. early in the year, you know, when you had Yana come out, um, you, you were dealing with that. You had the, just kind of the rotation there at right guard. Um, that's, they struggled. Jensen was in his first few games as a full-time starter at center. Right. So I think Hurst was playing his first games ever at guard. Yeah, so you, have, you had struggles early in the season with protection, and I think that was part of it. I think that Joe... Hadn't played. Obviously, didn't play at all in the preseason. That was part of it. Do you think? Early, do you think that that's a, a big reason for the passing game? The bat because the deep passing game is all about. I feel like repetition. It's a rhythm. It's timing. I mean that that stuff. It's automatically a low percentage play, right? And to hit it, I feel like you have to be. You have to be really hitting it in practice and have that rhythm going. Do you think that Flacco missing the whole training camp preseason? Because we saw in OTAs and whatnot in minicamp. Now that's in shorts. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. But we saw routinely big plays, specifically to Brashad. I mean, also Mike. And yeah, then once I Flacco that, came back, it's just like it, it disappeared. Yeah, I think that there's probably an element to what you're saying. And you, they, they, they practice for a reason. You know, like if you were better not practicing, they wouldn't practice. And right. so you practice those for a reason. Um, and you want your quarterback out there. You want your receivers out there. I mean, that being said, I just don't put – I don't kind of throw – everything into that basket and say, well, Joe wasn't no. out there. No, you know, no, he wasn't out there during training camp, so it's going to take a while to get going. You know, like, like the Joe put game, it on. Joe put it on the money to Brashad Perryman 
in, in Tennessee. Yeah. And put and, it on the money. And, and again, we are in week nine now. We're not week right. one, week two. And those early games, and I think that this, Marty made this point on podium last week, which I thought was a fair point, is you look at the offense and you look at the stats, you say this offense has been terrible. Because you just look at the stats, you say whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the number, worst passing game of the league, yada, yada, yada. Right. Yeah, but early in the season, those first couple of games, they basically they got out to a big lead the first two games of the season, then they ran the ball in the second half. Yeah. They did the same really against uh, Miami. Even though they won 40 to nothing, Joe yeah. didn't play the second half they basically just grinded out the clock in the second half so you see you see basically these games where you say you know you you look at it in totality and you say wow the the stats are terrible this offense has been terrible and there have been times where the offense hasn't done much of anything I mean yeah it's been terrible at times yeah for sure but but at the same time I just think it's it's a short-sighted view to Mm -hmm. look at and say well just look at those numbers well you need to look at it a little bit more nuanced so I the law that's a long way of saying I think that Joe not playing at all in training camp of the preseason was an element and a, a piece of the reason yeah. but I don't think that's a warranted enough excuse yeah I would agree with you uh, number two kind of similar topic here Brashad Perryman I think is is frustrating Ravens fans everywhere it's frustrating to us it's frustrating to him I'm sure right uh, can I just say like I feel you know I just feel really bad for Brashad Perryman because I think that he really, I, I know that this may fall on deaf ears, but like he wants to be good so bad, yeah. and I feel like it's it's crushing him. Like he wants to go out there and make that play. Yep. He wants to so bad, and, and you can just kind of see it in the way that he talks and the way that he works, and everybody around him talks about it. Like he wants to be that player. He's somebody that was a first round pick. His dad was a longtime NFL pro. Like he's yep. got a lot of things kind of weighing on him. He's had a lot of issues off the field in terms of tragedies in his life. I just feel bad injuries. for injuries. Yeah, injuries. I just, I just. Like, at the I end know. of the day, he does have to make the plays, but I also, as, like, a human element, I, I feel bad for where he is right now. I mean, now. I want to see him, I just want to see him make that play so so badly. Yeah. Not only as a, a Ravens fan and employee, but as a person, you mm-hmm. know, because I feel like if he if he had made that catch against the Titans, let's say he makes that catch and he runs and scores on it, yeah. right? I think it would have been a huge weight off his shoulders. Just I think you just would have seen it just... He basically said you know? it. I mean, he said it last week. He's like, I think it only is going to take one. The floodgates are going to open. Like, he's waiting for that one. But right. then you put even more pressure on that exactly. one. Exactly. I know. I know. And it's really, really frustrating. Obviously, my take on Rashad, I think he, and a lot of Ravens fans are going to disagree with me on this. I think you still have to give him chances to make that one play. I don't. I do not think that you can completely toss in the towel on Brashad because, like we're saying, I think once this guy gets that weight off his shoulders, makes one big play, I, I think he could be. I think he could be something. Mm-hmm. I, I still do, and and people are going to call me crazy and all that, but he's still your fastest guy on the field. He still has all the tools. Those have not disappeared. Now, the hands are a problem, and I, but I think the hands are mostly a mental thing. I think it's mostly in his head. And I think once he makes that play, the head thing is going to go away to a degree. You know, I, I wonder if there's any benefit to kind of what the Eagles did with Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar, wide receiver for the Eagles, high draft pick, pick, you know, basically struggled, kind of like Prashad, dealt with injuries, wasn't really panning out. And so they, at one point, just he shut him down. He dealt with drops, too. Yeah, they just shut him down. And they said, you're going to take, they're going to make him inactive, they're going to give him a few games off, kind of reset get your head right, and then come back and be ready to go. And I just wonder if that could be – and by the way, now Nelson Aguilar is having a really good season for the Eagles, who are the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he's a huge reason why that offense is playing as well as they are. Yep. I don't know 
if that kind of treatment could benefit him or not. Um, but, does but that just hope. make him? Does that just make him fall into even more of a hole mentally? I don't know, but it worked for Aguilar, and I don't know. I don't know. Every player is different, but I think that like that's the guy that comes to mind when you when you consider. Basically, can it not work for for three years, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it clicks at some point? That's that's your glimmer of hope. Yeah, I mean, I just have a hard time shutting down a guy when you need more big plays, and he's probably maybe your best big play threat. He hasn't made them. Yeah, threat. I think. Yeah. This this offense overall, I think, lacks playmakers right now, right? So, kind of to Neil's point, we're seeing a lot of passes, checkdowns. You know, short of the sticks. I know that's frustrating Ravens fans and us too. Uh, I think the problem is you don't have guys right now who can make people miss, who can pick up those first downs, move the chains. That has been what's lacking right now. You just haven't had offensive playmakers. You know what I want to see? I mean, everyone talks about the deep passing game, and you think of deep passing game as 40-yard bomb, 50-yard bombs on the field. What I want to see, and and we saw this a little bit at times last week against Tennessee, give me Jeremy Macklin for 15 yards five times a game, six times a game, because he's able to get open over the middle of the field. Give me the seven-yard slant. I, but but Macklin is is he's kind of a tactician when it comes to like finding that soft yep. spot in the defense and being able to move the change with 12 yards, 15 yards. I want to see that. We should do that five, six times a game, and and I think that could be a big thing for the the offense. All right, let's keep it moving. All right, All right. last thing here that wanna, makes us want to rip our hair out. I think it's the defense is real so so good for so much of the game, and then it has one letdown that just kills them. I mean the mm-hmm. Chicago the missed tackle. Uh, that obviously killed the Ravens in that game, and then you let up a fourth, fourth quarter touchdown drive uh, in Tennessee. It's just it's maddening because you see the potential here to just be a dominant. I mean, you got how, two shutouts or three? You got two shutouts. shutouts. You got two shutouts. You got the opening game against the Cincinnati, and then last two weeks ago right. against didn't Miami. shut out the Browns. Did not shut out the Browns. Yeah. Anyway, this defense has the potential to just be totally lights out, but. And I mean, and that's a high bar. I mean, it's tough to say. You have to be lights out all the time, every single drive. That is a really high bar. But the way the offense is playing right now, you kind of need the the defense to play with that really high bar. And people are going to point out all the all that's been invested in the defense this offseason to make it play. You know, be one of the best in the league. Right. That that was what they said themselves going into the league. If we're not the best in the league, we feel like we failed. Yeah, I just think the biggest. The biggest bummer is that the defense kind of ends up being the goat to a certain degree at a know. game like Sunday. Because, the, it, because it, the expectations are so much lower for the offense and so much higher for the defense. Well, but, but, and the defense plays so well for basically three and a half quarters. They gave up those two touchdowns, but one of them was on the basically the short field situations. Right. And, and then you, but I mean, they just marched on the field. And then finally, that we've seen that at times where these two, the offense and the defense, over the past few years, there's been times where they just haven't been able to get on the same page. It's like, all right, the offense got it. Here they go. Finally, Here they go. pick Boom. up something. Right? All right, now they just need another drive, and then march down the field, nine plays, 75 yards, touchdown drive, and that right. is just, just a takes back the breaker. air out of you. Yeah. All right, let's let's turn let's turn the tide. I want to be optimistic here. Yeah. All right, three things that give us hope. Going down the stretch. We already talked about one, okay? I think it's the generous remaining schedule that the Ravens have. More generous than with their foes in this wild card race right now. The Ravens are going to have games against teams that are that are without their top-tier quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is out. Deshaun Watson is out. Andrew Luck is out. That's three big bullets that the Ravens dodge in terms of quarterbacks they have to face. So, to me, 
I still have hope looking ahead that there's a lot of winnable games on the schedule. And the sec- that kind of goes to the second part, and, and a, a part of the reason that we are so optimistic is that you're going to get Danny Woodhead back. Yep. And he, the Ravens hope to maybe get him back uh, next week against the Packers. That's his first game eligible to return. He went I think down. That's the expectation. Yeah. The he, I mean. When you look at, and John Harbaugh talked about that this week, basically like when you look at who they had, who they've not had, and who they're getting back, there's reason to be optimistic for this offense. And Danny Woodhead, we've mentioned it a million times, you could see in the very first drive of the season what he was going to bring. I think that was the best offensive drive of the year. It seriously Honestly, the, the first drive of the season was the best one of the year, and we haven't seen that since. <laughs> it might have been, and, and Woodhead being on the field is going to make a world of difference yeah. for this team. Now, look, he's got to stay healthy. And that's, a, that's and, it. And we haven't seen that yet. I mean, he dealt with a hamstring in, in the preseason. He hardly played in the preseason, missed time in training camp. He played one series. So you wonder, you can, you're concerned about, is that going to be an issue? Are you trying to rush back? You know, all those kinds of things. I don't think he's trying to rush back. I mean, that's kind of why they put him on the I, shelf. Yeah, that's what you'd hope. Right. That's what you'd hope. But, but hamstrings are tricky, and you wonder about, is he fully recovered right. from that? But you, I, think, I think he's going to make such a huge difference in kind of what I was talking about before. There's been so many check down throws and all those things. You know, it's third and five, and the Ravens throw a three-yard pass, and you got to pick up the extra two. You got to make somebody miss, right? And right now... They don't have that guy. Benjamin Watson, no, he's had a great season, especially coming off the Achilles, but he's not making a lot of people miss. Okay, right. Buck Allen, I like him as a receiver, also not making a lot of people miss. Okay, Nick Boyle, love him, love the hurdles, <clears throat> not making a ton of people miss other than that, right? So Danny Woodhead is that kind of chain mover. Harbaugh has talked about it. There's two problems with the offense right now. We're not moving the chains enough to give ourselves enough chances at big plays, which they're not making when they do take those chances. Danny Woodhead, I think, solves the first problem, or can, for Mm -hmm. sure. He can be that chain-moving guy on third down who can make somebody miss, shake a defender, create a mismatch. I think he's going to be a big difference for this offense in the second half. And then that goes on to the next point, which is that, in general, big picture-wise, this team is getting healthier. And they need the buy. And there's always the cliche, oh, the buy's coming at the right time. Buy's coming at the right time. Everybody says that. I've never heard a coach or a player say, yeah, bad time. I know. I love that that, that's like a story from yesterday. Hardball. Buy comes at a great time. Happy with when the buy comes. Of course he is. Yeah, exactly. No one ever says, ah, bad time for the buy. Um, (laughs) But that being said, the Ravens had 15 players, of 15 of their 53 players, on the injury report last week. Were you on it? Well, you know, I busted my finger in kickball. That's pretty, pretty <laughs> bruised. I should be on there. When you dropped the ball? Was no, that no, what no. it was? I it got, just said you doinked you right in the that's fingertip? That's not how it played out. That's, I got kicked in the finger. Really? Yeah, kicked in the finger. Sounds pretty vicious. It is vicious. Um, so, But, like, you know, these players play through injuries. you got to be tough. That's what I am. I'm continuing to power through. So that's where I am right now. <laughs> I chopped off the tip of my finger, and I continued to power yeah, through. I was soft. Um, <laughs> but they do have – so 15 of the 53 players are on the injury report. They have yeah. another 15 guys that are on injured reserve. Ton those, of guys. Those guys other than Danny Woodhead aren't coming back. And, and that doesn't even include just the random nicks and bruises and all that stuff. So, yeah. like, so they have – and they've had key guys. Spe- yeah, specifically, I think Nick Boyle, who is a big part of the rushing attack. He, I mean, Harbaugh kind of a centerpiece of the run game. And I think when we saw him out in Tennessee, that kind of explained why the Ravens didn't have as much success on the ground. Ronnie Stanley has just been banged up and keeps coming back. I think some rest for him is going to be good. Wallace with the back. Macklin seems like he, he's kind of been dealing sure, with some yeah. stuff. Max Williams, you can get Max and Boyle out there. And, and Joe. I mean, I, I don't know how banged up Joe is, but if there's anything there, I think a little rest for him is probably good, too. Sure. Uh, so speaking of Joe, 
let's 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 tell a little story here about just how <laughs> tough Joe Flacco is. Okay, after the concussion, the bloody year, all that stuff, right? Everybody's really concerned about Joe. My grandmother, right, who's ninety. 93, I think. She was worried about grandmom if I got that wrong. She might be 94. Yeah. Not sure. Um, anyway, grandmom texted me after the game, right? She's pretty good at a text messaging. I gotta say, she's still got T9. All right. She's got the flip phone. And she texts me, how is Joe? Tell him I hope he's okay. Nice. Right? That was very yeah. nice of her. Very nice, nice of her. She's a sweet lady, right? And I go in the work the next day, and I see Joe. And I'm, everybody's kind of sees him, you know, in the cafeteria in the morning. We're kind of keeping our eyes on him. Really. <laughs> All right, so he had the sunglasses and the hood on. Can he not, you know, how bad is this concussion? Joe's sitting there watching TV, repl- Good Morning Football, a replay of his hit. And he's just like, <laughs> oh, hey, I got blasted. You guys see that? Oh, my God, I got destroyed. You know, I mean, he's just yucking it up. And I think I'm just like, man, this guy, like, you know, you, you, he's so tough. Now, you can, it's hard to say, like, guys who ha- suffer symptoms from concussions aren't tough because yeah. it's not within their control. But it is crazy about Flacco, the way that he takes – so many hits, that one being one of the more vicious I've seen on a quarterback in quite some time. It just keeps on ticking. He doesn't take himself too seriously, too, which is, right. which is considering the position that he's in and how long he's been in the league and all that stuff is kind of refreshing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, anyway, so those stuff are, with Joe. Yeah, the, so those are, you know, that's a little story time. That's the three things that give us hope and then the three things that want to make pull make us pull our hair out and before we go we just need to kind of give one final ode mm-hmm. it's the end it's the end of an era yeah P- pumpkin beer is off the shelves yeah the, for the see, season. pumpkin beer season is is over yeah and i will say this um i was a little disappointed a lot of the stores they get it early and it comes in august one and it's way it's way terrible. way too early and then you try to go halloween i try to go halloween and it's gone you can't get it anywhere i mean it finally got cold Today is probably the first, like, really true fall. We've had a couple, yeah. but today it's finally feeling like fall. The trees are beautiful out here in Owings Mills, and I can't find a pumpkin beer yeah. right when I want it the most. No, you can't get them. You it's can't. insane. What? I, I get, we got to get somebody from the beer industry in on this. Why <laughs> is everything fast-forwarded? It's, like, moved up. Everything's a month forward. I know. Well, it's they like, not have calendars yeah, in but, the, in yeah, the but it's like back industry? To, it's like back-to-school shopping. You know, like... After the 4th of July, you start getting the back-to-school stuff in there. Have you been around, like, if you walk into a, a Target right now, you go in the back, it's after Halloween, the Christmas stuff is up. The Christmas stuff is up. I don't get up. it. Like, cr- what, what consumer likes that stuff? I don't know, but there's got to be a rationale behind it. They spend a lot of time and energy and resources and try to figure those things out. But, look, I, it bothers me just like the rest of them. That being said, I am kind of ready for the Christmas beer season. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And, you know, we, we, we also do like that because I like those kind of darker, heavier, multi-high ABV beers. You know, I like bang for my buck. I'm a pretty cheap guy, as you know, from no $5 way. jeans. No way. <laughs> and so I like to get a little bang for my buck, right? And you get that in the winter beers. But anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. And we will be back with you after the bye with our guest, cornerback Jimmy Smith. Thanks again. Leave a rating, review, and you can email us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. We'll be back with you next week. 